Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger Legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how you feeling today? It's a it's a new year. I feel great. We won. The the Jets are nosediving on purpose. And uh it dude, life is good right now, man. Yeah, and uh it's Monday morning fullback, our last <laughs> one of the season, and we have a special guest today. Not just a returning champion, but now running backs coach, at least for Bull Week, Garrett Groshak. Garrett, it's so great to see you again, man. It's good to be back, man. I don't know if uh, I still get to have that title uh, as running back coach after after the game, but uh, I for sure think you you deserve it, and uh, I think it's so awesome. Yeah, you are you are now the running back coach of record until they have another game in September. So I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you are the nominal running back coach for the next nine months. Yo, we'll take we'll take whatever we can get, man. Bet online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of the amazing new offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Can you tell us how that came to be? Uh, so I had just gotten a call from or a text and then a call from Coach Chris on Tuesday, a couple of weeks, a couple, few days before Christmas. Uh, and Coach Chris said that Coach Brown might not be able to make the bull trip and was just curious if I had anything else going on um, and asked me if I'd be willing to come help out, help out the guys and the running backs for a week. I mean, Coach Chris doesn't text me. Yeah. Hey, Coach, I, I'm available, man. I don't really have much going on either. <laughs> I've been out of the game for too long. But, Garrett, you – so you – this – imagine if you came back, you could have played in like seven bowl games. Yeah, six, yeah. Six. And coached six. in one, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> even the yeah, winningest so far, bowl six. champion. Um, so, so, Coach Chris sends you and you're like, let me talk to my wife? Or you're like, I'm in. Yeah. Well, initially, uh, like me standing there, I'm like, yeah, like I, I don't have anything going on, but let me talk to my wife and smart man. Check and make sure. Smart it's okay. man. <laughs> and then, okay. So then she must be ecstatic at the opportunity. Did she get to travel with, with you guys? Yeah. She got to travel with the team. Um, and I had, they had a couple of practices left in Madison. Uh, so that, Next Wednesday morning, I made it down for practice. Then we had Thursday practice. Came back to Amherst and packed all of our stuff up uh, for the week and then headed out on Friday. Man, that's great. I mean, mm-hmm. that 
tell, what does that feel like? Uh, just, you know, just a, a big honor, like a huge honor, just because obviously coach Chris and coach Rudolph and that offensive staff felt like they trusted me enough to be in those meeting rooms and run some of those running back meetings throughout the course of the week uh, and be able to help those guys. There's, there's not a lot of 24 year old position coaches in, in power five football. Um, so just to, you know, have that opportunity, get to see what coaching at that level is kind of all about, uh, and just try to make the most of that opportunity, be around the guys for an extra week. Uh, we had Noah, Noah Burks, Jack Dunn and Mikey Mascalunas finally finished playing football for the Badgers, um, out of our class that came in. Uh, so it was fun to be able to with, with those guys for a week and be a part of it. Uh, and then get to be around some of the younger guys too and, and see what they're all about. So one of the things that you know, I thought was really interesting, you know, obviously you played with some of those guys, but the running back room is pretty new, all things considered at this point with the guys who, you know, with Jalen Berger having transferred out and Braylon being a true freshman and Jackson Acker being a true freshman. So the only guys who had really played with would have been what Julius and John Chanel and ship yeah and, and and brady yeah so what a what was it like going going from having been in a room with those guys you know last year in the seasons before as sort of like their peer to now being there you know th their coach and their superior what what was that how did that feel for you how was that transition for you and then on top of that what was it like to be in like the coaches meetings for for the first time like one of the first times braylon called me coach i was like that just doesn't doesn't seem right uh, but as far as like those older guys like Ship and John, um, Garendo as well, although he didn't play, um, and even Julius too, having a, a couple of years with Julius, just that, I mean, that dialogue and that conversation piece of it, like they've asked me questions in the past whenever I'd pop into practice too. Um, so nothing really changed. And the same thing for me, just asking them questions. Um, and, you know, getting caught up on some of the newer stuff that's in the playbook uh, compared to when I had played and being able to get to see some of the, the coaches meetings, you know, most, most of the time it's just watching film or watching practice as a group uh, and just getting to hear their feedback or what they're seeing uh, is kind of wasn't something that was too crazy for me. Um, just because of all those conversations over the past five years that I've had with them about football. Now it's just a, a different setting, uh, but it was just awesome to be in those meetings uh, and get to see how, how those coaches operate. And how do they operate? Like who's leading it? Who's in there talking a lot? Like, what does that look like? And you don't have to share anything that you don't feel comfortable with, but like what's a team coaches meeting I just feel like it's a bunch of dudes like sitting around dipping, like just talking about individual players and like how good guys are. I, I that's just what I envision mm -hmm. this to be. So for the meetings that I had been a part of, it's, you know, it's, uh, myself, uh, coach Chris Rudolph Turner witted, uh, Bobby Dunn and the other offensive assistants. And it's just watching practice, just going through it and you'll get a, you know, a couple of plays or a couple of minutes where no one's talking at all. 
Uh, and then a lot of it was just bringing up questions like, or like for us, if like the running backs were a little bit off on something, I would bring up to them, Hey, we'll get this cleaned up. We'll get this figured out. Uh, or what do you guys think about changing it or doing something a little bit different? And it's kind of the same thing for all the coaches, just kind of chance to brainstorm and bounce ideas off of each other uh, and just get on the same page and, you know, work towards that common goal. Man, I believe me when I say this, this is probably the coolest thing. I mean, I, I can't, I don't know how to say this. I, if legitimately, if anyone was asked to come back and coach, I think they would say yes in a heartbeat. So, I mean, just, I, I just want you to know, like I'm jealous, but also so proud and happy for you. Yeah. Um, which I need to get over because this is going to be me just saying that to you the whole time. So, okay. So you're on the plane, you get to Vegas. What I remember getting off the plane and be like, give me my per diem money and let's rock. And Vegas would be a great place to do it. Um, and so from my experience, the first night was that blow it out. Like, give me the per diem money and I'll have nothing left. Go to mm -hmm. the bars, go to other places. Um, Vegas seems like it might be too big. COVID's happening. What's what's that? I mean, what's that first night experience? And then obviously you're coaching, so it's different. Yeah, uh, especially for me physically, I don't have to do nearly as much during the week. Um, but they actually staggered the per diem for the players this week or last week. Pretty smart. Uh, pretty pretty so, good idea right there. So that guys, when they're getting you know a couple of days into it, they at least know that something's coming. Um, or a little bit more smart. money's coming so yeah. that they can eat dinner or something. Um, no, I mean, got there like for me, kind of always wanted to explore a little bit. And I had been in Vegas and been on the strip before, so it was just kind of checking out our hotel and seeing where everything is, try to get the lay of the land, uh, meeting rooms, stuff like that. Uh, try to grab dinner. Um, but we got there actually decent later in the afternoon. So it wasn't a whole lot of time. Um, some guys, I think, you know, went out to dinner or different events, stuff like that. Usual stuff that you get that first night. Um, usually you don't have something the next day, um, at least like a physically demanding practice or things like that. I think we just had a walk through the next day, um, at least for the players. And, then you know, as the rest of the week goes on, once you start like having practices, padded practices, then guys start to shift their focus to kind of more exploring experience in the city um, and start getting locked into to the game for the most part. Uh, and that's kind of how that week transitions. Now you'll still have like some nights will like guys will be able to go out to dinner. Uh, the players went to Chris Angel. Uh, one night, so um, it's kind of up to them. You still want to give them some free time, just to just because a lot of those guys are in a new city, never been to Vegas, um, and just let them kind of experience the city. That's kind of one of the benefits of playing football is you get to travel a lot. So if you're traveling, you might as well try to see what the city's all about, um, and then shift gears and get locked into the game. And you shared with us the schedule, which. I never want to see those schedules again. That was like camp schedules. And anytime you need to be somewhere, they had, it started at 7.30 a.m. It didn't look like it ended till 7.30 p.m. 
or pretty much all it's lights out at whatever, 10 o'clock. What are those days like? Can you just share with, with, with people listening? Cause I don't think they understand like how scheduled and how mandatory and how bowl games are great. And you have time to experience, but you really are there for to win a football game. Absolutely. And I told the running backs early in the week that no matter what events that the bowl has planned for you, what you do during the week, the determining factor of whether it's a good bowl or not is whether or not you win the game. Um, and just being, knowing that you're still there for football. But as far as like the schedule goes, at least for like the couple of practice days that we had, uh, I mean, getting up and like, I would watch some film cause I'm catching up um, at least on Arizona state during that time. So I was getting up watching film. We'd have, you know, breakfast and then meetings probably starting at like nine 30. If we didn't have a staff meeting at nine o'clock, um, whether it's special teams, team, OD, uh, or position meetings, and then getting on the bus, going to Bishop Gorham, um, practicing. Uh, some guys would occasionally have a lift either before, like the Devo guys or the guys that were hurt um, would go before while everybody else is meeting lift, um, finishing up their lift as we get, we're getting there to practice. Um, some guys would lift after practice then getting back to the hotel and from there it's kind of free for the most part, at least for players. Um, kind of the, the night is theirs unless they have a event or something like that. Um, and then for coaches, we might leave on essentially the first bus after practice and watch, uh, watch that practice when we get back. And by the time we're watching that, usually the players are back. So if there's some guys that, uh, we need to meet with like, uh, like TJ bowlers was because we didn't know John was coming until Tuesday, Wednesday. So we had been trying to switch TJ bowlers over to know some of the fullback stuff. Um, so a little bit of extra meetings like with him or if guys wanted to, to watch some more film, uh, just be available for them. Listen, I'm pumped that John was there. Cause I thought he played awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, blocking yeah. even better than his um, his running and catching, which mm-hmm. which was phenomenal. So imagine I had him as one of our better five only because he I thought he would got in the way of a lot of dudes that were going to make tackles. So, yeah, that's a, we don't have to deviate yet. I'm so pumped about this, this whole uh, schedule in Vegas. Yeah. So I, well, one of the things I want to talk with you about is th- those actual, you know, running backs themselves, as much as you, you sort of can talk about them. What, what were some of the things that you, you, you picked up on that you sort of didn't expect to see, or, you know, in practices themselves from, from the guys that, you know, whether it's from, you know, just watching the games this year as a fan or things that you saw guys improve upon from when you played with them. Uh, so a lot of it was, you know, you have that kind of feel out phase because aside from, you know, essentially ship and Julius, but Julius is, you know, quite a bit younger than me. Um, guys didn't know me at all necess- necessarily. Um, so just kind of feeling out a little bit quieter than, you know, you thinking you'll be able to talk to them, but it's always quiet at the beginning just because they're trying to figure out who you are and you're trying to figure out who they are and how they tick. Um, but as far as practice goes, you know, you know, we really relied on Ship and Braylon. And Ship ends up getting hurt right away. But his confidence and just his, 
you know, his approach for the game. And he's always asking questions, um, always trying to find a way to get better. Um, and you've seen that with how he's grown as a player. Uh, getting to watch Braylon firsthand in practice, just the consistency, and you see why he's special uh, and realize that he's not just the big physical dude. Is He's also a really smart football player, um, which is impressive for someone coming out of high school, especially Wisconsin high school football when it is a very simple game uh, compared to other states um, and not having to know as much as far as defenses and things like that. Um, and just his, you know, his consistency with how he practices. Um, he practices like he wants to be great. Um, and I'll have a chance to do that if he, if he keeps moving in the right direction. Um, and then the younger guys just kind of help them learn the offense, um, try to figure out what they know uh, and what they can do. Uh, them, it's kind of getting, getting to know them a little bit. Um, you'll be able to watch them a little bit. And the young guys are always fun to watch because you never really know what to expect. And they start making plays usually. Um, and, and you feel, feel good about the future. What was the biggest difference between the offense now and when you were in it? Uh, not a whole lot, like just a little bit of, uh, maybe a couple new concepts, uh, as far as the pass game, but a lot of the, I mean, all of the run game was stuff that we had ran, um, and probably even stuff that Matt ran. Um, so, so the, it hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, with coach Chris there at least, uh, and coach Rudolph. Um, so a lot of that was similar. Now, some of like the past game stuff, I wasn't sure if they had changed routes or as, uh, for the running backs, at least based on, uh, the concept. Cause when I was playing, you know, it'd be a couple of weeks and all of a sudden you're changing routes on, <laughs> on the same plays, uh, so just trying to, you know, get caught up with them and make sure that we're doing the right things in person. You know, everyone wants to know, like, what is Braylon like in person? He said he's like a really smart football player. Is he as big in person as he seems on TV? Are his quads that big? And, uh, and what is he like? You said he's like, just like a really like steady kind of guy in practice. Well, what else? Like, how would you describe like his like demeanor and, and stuff like that? Uh, he's, he's pretty quiet. Um, pretty quiet guy. You can tell that he's a really good teammate, um, especially for a young guy. The amount of impact and influence he has in different groups um, is impressive for being a freshman. Uh, and now it's just kind of hopefully the next step for him is taking over. Uh, I know JT kind of ran into the same thing his freshman year where guys are kind of looking for you to, to lead uh, but as a freshman, you're not sure if you're able to, you want to be respectful of the upperclassmen. Uh, but he's at that point now where he's been a teammate. He does the little things right. Um, he comes in and works every day. Um, and really that example is something that allows you to be in a leader to leadership position. Uh, and hopefully we see that him make that next jump. What do you, what do you think the ceiling is for him? As, I mean, as, as good as he wants to be, that's up to him. Um, you know, obviously you can see him being super, you know, super productive. It's tough when you're at Wisconsin. There's so many great guys. I think he's going to keep the standard, the standard. 
Um, and I'm sure that's his expectation of himself as well. Um, but he'll, he'll hopefully be in the conversation of, you know, one of the great ones at Wisconsin. So let's move to talking about the game itself. So a, what was it like having the headset on during the game, the whole time listening into everything that, you know, Rudy and coach Chris are, you know, and the rest of the coaches are talking about during the game. Like, was that like kind of like surreal? Like, what was that like for you? Uh, a little bit. So my red shirt year when I was still quarterback, I had the headset on for games. So I've, it's been a while, but I've, <laughs> I've been able to listen in on some of those. Um, and you know, for me, I wasn't doing a whole lot of talking for them. I was, if, if I was going to do talking, usually I would just go to them on the sideline because <laughs> all the offensive coaches, except for Mick are, you know, on the sideline, Mick and Bob Dunn are upstairs, but um, so if it was questions about the run game, I'd just go over to Rudy and ask him uh, instead of doing it on the, the mic and kind of let them do their usual stuff uh, as far as play calling and things like that. For the most part, I found myself kind of taking my headset off a little bit if I just wanted to be able to talk to the running backs and not have to listen to whatever was going on in the background. Do they have, do they have call plays and they say, hey, put in um put in ship or put in allen uh no so that was also one of the questions when i came in i asked you know braylon and ship i was like what does coach brown have you guys do for a rotation i'm not gonna change that and they had said if it's third and five plus then ship's going in um so that was kind of a you know they're able to kind of do that on the on their own for the most part now if it was now they don't necessarily do that for running back. However, like sometimes if Braylon was coming out of the game, I would put on, like I would go on the mic and say, Hey, Braylon's out for a couple or whatever, if he needs a, mm. a breather, um, whether or not that impacted the play calling or not, I don't know, but just so they had all the information they needed to make the best play call. I always wonder how they call, how they figured that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense third, you know, third and five plus it makes sense, but I, I think that that's a place where Braylon could really extend his career into the NFL for a long time mm-hmm. is if he picks up, you know, Brady's pass blocking, I think IQ. I mean, that dude stood in front of some trains this year yeah. and took a wallop. Um, and I know like back in the day, Anthony Davis got much better at it. Mm-hmm. I, think Anthony, I think AD, his thing was catching. He was good. He could catch the ball. Well, they just never threw it to him that much. Yeah. Um, but if Braylon could get those things, I mean, you'll be in the NFL for 10 years. Yeah. And that, that was stuff as I got there, I kind of wanted to see how much he could do. Um, you got to realize that last year he was going against, you know, not even last year, this previous spring. So he's played two seasons this year. Um, that previous spring, he was going against high school defenses in Wisconsin, which are going to line up and for the most part, play the exact same thing every play where he's still kind of learning that. And I think we were able to make some, uh, some leaps and jumps where you could tell he was becoming more comfortable with recognizing defenses and seeing uh, whether it's coverages or fronts. And as he keeps on learning that and becoming more comfortable with that, he's going to be become a lot more comfortable with the pass game, the protections. Um, obviously, he's got the ability to do it 
um, both mentally and physically to do it now. Uh, but it was the same reason that I went into the game for JT is sometimes you gotta, you gotta give them a break. Um, and yeah, well, I mean, you got to give him a break for that. Yeah. And yeah. well, on top of that, you were one of the best pass catching receiving running backs in the history of the program. And so, you know, was there anything that, you know, you in particular were trying to impart on these guys this week when it comes to, you know, the, the pass blocking, the, the whole receiving aspect of the game as a running back? Yeah, we worked on pass pro uh, actually a decent amount in some of our indie periods. Uh, and some of it more so was just talking about it for, I mean, all those guys being younger guys and then for ship, just reinforcing things, um, cleaning up some stuff. Uh, cause as the season goes on, sometimes you just don't have as much time to work on some of the technique stuff that you usually do. So for me, it was kind of coming back in and trying to help him out with some of that stuff. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's, at, we ran a lot of options during the week. We didn't get to run any really in the game. Um, and they both looked really good on it. They both had a really good feel for it. Uh, we were excited about those plays coming into the game. And it just so happened that we never got out on those plays if we did call them. Um, but they're both, uh, they're both players that you feel good about, um, being in there in those third down, uh, pressure situations, uh, know that they know who to go to and who to protect and know that they know how to do it as well. So you worked with, obviously, like we all know about, you know, Braylon and, and Ship, but talk a little bit about the younger guys, Grover Bortolotti, Jackson Acker. What stood out to you about, about those guys, probably your first time really working with them? Uh, that they're, they're just so excited all the time. You know, mm-hmm. as, as freshmen, they're just smiling, um, enjoying what they're doing, enjoying being around their guys. Um, Jackson, you know, he's got that track background. He can really run. Um, well, and he was a, he's a phenomenal discus thrower. I think he broke the, the yeah. high school state. He broke the state record in high school. No, uh, Bruss was, I think Bruss was telling me about it because mm-hmm. Bruss was a thrower in high school too. Um, he was telling me about that too. So for those guys, it's just trying to keep it simple with them. Um, didn't really get to work with Grover a whole lot because he was our lone scout team uh guy uh so he was doing a whole bunch of reps down there um and had from look the outside looking in from the guys that i've talked to he's been doing a really good job um kind of someone that that defense has depended on uh all season where a lot of times he's been the only running back uh or had to do different stuff um just being willing to to help in any way he can um and jackson is just you know trying to trying to learn the offense uh, still trying to learn some of the basics of being the college running back. Um, and he's, you know, both of them very coachable. Um, they'll both look you in your eyes when you're talking to them, very respectful, um, but still have fun doing it um, in our personable and not just, you know, robots and yes, men out there. Um, they let their personalities come to life. So, so you're going through the game. We obviously come out, we, we play, I mean, we scored 14 points right away. It was awesome. What, what's going through your head? Like what, what's going through the headsets? I mean, the second half, I don't think we played particularly well, but we won, which to be honest, all that matters mm-hmm. um, is a win. So, I mean, like what is, what's the ebb and flow? Like, 
Are you like a rah rah, like dude, keep your heads up? I mean, obviously Braylon Allen's still doing well the whole game, but mm-hmm. what, what what's going on? What's in the headset? Like, what's the feel like when we're not really able to do stuff? Uh, it's just you know, you know, for me, it's always been. I'm um, I'm kind of the same person whether we're scoring or or going down. Um, you'll get you know sparks or or uh, a little bit of emotion here and there on touchdowns, but being a coach and kind of being removed from that physical side of it. Um, I was just trying to, you know, be locked into the game and, you know, as, as football, as you play the game of football, you realize that ebbs and flows come in production. It'll never be consistent. The only thing you can be consistent with is your approach and your effort really. So that's just kind of where we, we were as a staff, as a running back unit is just trying to, keep doing our job, keep doing our job. We know that eventually it'll happen. Um, we were going into the game pretty thin uh, and we came out of the game pretty, or even more thin uh, as far as injuries and stuff had a lot of, you know, really older guys kind of get banged up early um, offensively. So as the production goes down, you just try to figure out, you know, what they're doing um, or what we're doing or not doing uh, and just try to adjust off of that. So there were a lot of new numbers out there in the game, which I actually like, and we won. So that's, to me, that's, there, there's nothing better because these guys get some real game time experience when it really Absolutely. matters. I mean, this is like everyone's, you know, everyone's Super Bowl. Who are you really excited about? It could be from anywhere, defense, offense, special teams. Who are you like really excited to see get in the game and produce, even if they just block somebody? Well, seeing Riley uh, be able to get in the game just because of the, you know, week of, you know, the two padded practices that he had had and how much we were using him. He was our starting fullback up until John got there, and he was our third-string tight end uh, as well. So he was kind of never really out as far as practice came. Um, We're hoping to get, you know, TJ Bowlers in the game until John shows up. Um, and we're feeling good about the, you know, kind of improvements and the learning that TJ was doing. Um, some of those young guys that uh, you saw play like Hunter Wooler, um, like excited to watch him play uh, JT on defense, Jordan Turner, um, just the way that they fly around and they play, uh, you know, above their years. Um, always fun to watch Nick Herbig. Uh, get after it he's an animal man he's an animal I I was messaging him I was messaging with him before the game like okay like I'm expecting three sacks from you and he got two and a half so I was like dang (laughs) anytime there's a big play he makes it it's awesome it's Um, awesome he's so his ability to transfer speed to power is because he's not a huge guy you know he's not built like TJ Watt or even like Zach Bond on the outside but it's just, it's amazing how strong he is for, you know, just not being the biggest dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his whole thing is like, he's a relentless guy. Like he'll, he'll never stop coming after you. Like he lives for that. Um, and I think that's part of him just being maybe undersized um, is part of that. He doesn't care. He, he's going to, he's so competitive that he's just going to beat whoever lines up in front of him. Um, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of guys to be excited for on that defensive side, you know, torch the jewelry thief, um, with a big pick to start it off. Um, 
And then even, you know, someone who doesn't get a lot of recognition like Keanu, um, who's just been solid since he got on campus uh, for us defensively. Uh, and then, you know, offensively, you get uh, you get the two, you know, young receivers in there and Skyler and Marcus and both making big plays uh, when we needed it. Um, so that just, you know, gives you something to be excited about. Um, and then obviously, you know, you got most of the offense aside from, you know, at least the guys that were out there playing. Um, you got a lot of guys that are coming back. So lots to be excited for. So looking to the future, I feel like we have our running back set. Mm-hmm. I think the O-line is pretty set. W- what are your thoughts on, I mean, I actually thought Graham Mertz played well. We, for what we asked him to do, he, he had one mistake to me. Mm-hmm. He, we asked him to, to throw the ball 15 times. He had 11 completions. So we're not asking him to do anything crazy. What does it look like moving forward? Not only with him, because I actually really like him, but to me, it, to me, our only pieces we're missing are a threat down the field. Mm-hmm. And, and that, to me, that would make Wisconsin scary to play mm-hmm. against if we had some deep threats. What from the week, and this is me sitting on my couch, you know, as a potato watching the game. What does Coach Groshek see from the week he's seen, and then for the future? What do you think? We, what pieces do we you, you, like? We need to make us a, a top four competitor to get to the playoffs. Yeah, it comes back to consistency. Um, just being able to, you know, the best teams don't beat themselves. You know, and and Graham would probably be the first one to tell you, like, is just like he just missed on the throw. Like, I mean, KP's coming open, uh, just missed on it a little bit. And that's the difference between a completion or an interception is a couple of feet. Um, but you got to see uh, Marcus and you got, to, you know, Marcus has had uh, so many reps over the course of this winter bull prep uh, period because Danny had been out. Um, and that's usually a time you, you – try to throw some reps onto the younger guys and see what they can do. Um, and he's, you know, he's just learning, he's learning, but you can tell he's, he's going to be a really good player. Um, you can tell he may, you know, making plays, making a deep, you know, probably Graham's deep, deepest throw of the night. Yeah. 31, uh, 33 throw. yards, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, um, same thing. He'll just come with reps. Um, Skyler came in and made a big play. Yeah, third down, um, and that was a that was a heck of a catch. That was a heck Absolutely. of a catch. Diving, you know, caught it with his hands, like kept it. In the, that was a. I, I thought it was the best catch of the game. You know, yeah. along with Jake's touchdown. Jake's touchdown was pretty cool, but mm-hmm. was was pretty athletic too. So speaking of Jake, a do you know if he's okay? I know he got injured and had to and had to come out, which is a tough way to end for you know one of the best tight ends in the history of the program. But do you know if he's okay and? you know, how did he feel about, you know, sort of ending his very storied Badger career? Uh, I haven't gotten like an update on his injury. Um, I don't know if they had a diagnostic for him during the game, um, but he was able to be out there for the kneel downs. Um, so that tells you mm-hmm. that hopefully it shouldn't be something that's too severe. It's just something that in the moment was just, just couldn't get through it um, or didn't feel that he was close enough or a high enough percentage of healthy to benefit us. And maybe it's better to have someone else in there um, 
or go essentially go extra or an extra offensive lineman in their run game. Um, and then, but other than that, I didn't get much of a chance, you know, everybody's in the locker room. Um, but you could tell that he's, you know, emotional. He was emotional when he realized that he wasn't going to be able to finish the game too. Um, you know, he was kind of beating himself up, um, which you expect to see out of a competitor like him. Um, but absolutely, you know, we'll go down of, you know, as one of the best tight ends at Wisconsin, especially the most, you know, one of the most productive guys. Garrett, sidetrack for a second. You ever have one of those injuries? Like that just sucks so bad, but it it didn't sound or it's not like that bad. Um, the most common one that I think you and you've probably heard of it too is like AC joints. Mm. When you get like your, your shoulder kind of hurts or whatever, and like got like every time you get hit, it it lights up. Um, but no, I've never had one that had a couple of MCL sprains, but. Um, the only, you know, the only game that I missed in my career was because of the Big Ten's COVID protocols. So yeah. I always you. found a way. Good, good for you. Look at you, dude. I got need in the quad. It, as as pathetic as that yeah. sounds, it hurts so bad. I, um, I they're like Bernie, get it back in the. I'm like, dude, I can't even jog on the field. Yeah. And they're like, get it. What are you talking about? I'm like, I got need in the quad. I can't walk right now. Mm-hmm. So I had to go run on the field. We ran a handoff, outside handoff. So I'm like, jo- I, I'm limping as running. The offensive line coach is just tearing into me. I jog off the field. I'm like, guys, I told you I couldn't go in. He's like, why are you in the game if you couldn't go in? I'm like, I, I don't understand yeah. where the so I, you know as as a coach now, you, you <laughs> to me it's kind of funny. Um, but that well, AC, I had, yeah, yeah, I had one last year. I had just gotten like a essentially a contusion during the game uh, against Indiana, like out of like, didn't realize like when I got hit or whatever, but all of a sudden I, I like, I couldn't lift my arm and it was just like all the blood in there or whatever, all the inflammation that's making it stiff. So at the end of the game, I'm one, like one arm in pass protection. Like I can barely lift my other one. Um, So stuff like that where you're like, it's just a, a bruise. Like, it can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, can't, it, it, it can be that bad, but we're happy that it's yeah. not. You didn't yeah. miss any time. Um, <laughs> dude, I just, it, it, it was like put tape on it and just go back out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find a way. Find a way. All right. So next year we're looking to have a ton of great things for our Badgers, which I'm, I'm always excited every year. I say that Garrett, will we be seeing you on the sidelines? I, Undecided on that. I'm one and zero right now. Undefeated. <laughs> that's that's what coach, I like to hear. Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah, what I like to hear. But would you would would that be a consideration if they're like, do we we would love for you to come back in some way, shape, or form? Yeah. Uh, the the interest in there just from the perspective of being around the game, uh, helping the guys, helping the players uh, with both on and off field stuff and growth. However, I don't know as far as the time commitment. Um, either way, that'd be a long conversation with my wife uh, and kind of see what makes the most sense for us. Like if it's something that we want to do, you know, obviously like if, if you've been in a locker room, you love being in a locker room and being around the guys. So that's something that's hard to pass up, um, which was, you know, kind of made it easy for me to, 
jump into the one week opportunity just to see what it's really like, see if it's something that I for sure didn't want to do. Because uh, throughout college, I had been under the impression that this is something I don't want to do because of the time commitment uh, and kind of the, you know, really the fluctuation of it uh, with, with the coaching career. And you didn't never know when you're moving um, similar to being, being a player, but um, no, that's something that, you know, in the past week or so I've been given a lot more thought um, and that'll kind of be, uh, you know, when the opportunity presents itself, if it does, uh, then we'll worry about it then. I love it, dude. I love it. I mean, I, I would love to see you out there. I mean, I think that'd be great. Obviously I would too. Obviously I would too. So every week on uh, Monday morning fullback, Maddie and I give our top five players of the game. We're not going to ask you to rank anyone that wouldn't be fair to you, but we, uh, we're going to give you our names and we're just going to ask you, uh, you know, one thing that you noticed about them during the game. So, um, I will go, uh, I'll go five to one for my guys. Um, my number five guy was Tanner Bordellini. I thought he had to step in sort of late in the process and, you know, offensively he was, I thought he was awesome. I thought you guys were really strong, especially running to the right side and behind him and, and, and Jack Nelson. Yeah. And, uh, we, we called him, uh, or Rudy might've called him once or twice Tortellini. <laughs> uh, just combine it, combine it together. But no, he's another, he's another player to be excited about. Um, and watching him in practice, just kind of the professionalism that he has, um, and how he's so consistent and no matter if it's a walkthrough rep or a full, full speed rep, uh, he kind of does it the same, um, him and, you know, and Jack Nelson, really, uh, those are two young guys that want to play and want to be really good. Um, and have high standards for themselves. So that's just going to set them up for success as they move through their career. Yeah. I'm excited about a lot of the younger guys in the offensive line. I think Fertney has a really good, uh, a, a really good future for himself too at, at, at guard. You know, he had to play a little bit this year and I thought he looked really strong to me. And obviously, you know, everyone knows about, you know, Nolan Rucci and Logan Brown at, at, at tackle, you know, they're two of the highest rated recruits that the Badgers have ever gotten. So I think that the future there is really bright. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't worry about who's high recruits and who's not, though. <laughs> that's true. That's very, yeah. very true. And I think that's something that is hard for a lot of fans to remember, right? All they think about, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this guy's so much potential, but that's just like what, that's just the opinion of a couple of people who work for, you know, recruiting services and whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. you look it's at... lots about coaching, too. You, yeah, you bring a, a guy in who is a one-star. I mean, not many one-stars, but you could coach them into being a good player. Yeah, absolutely. there are a lot of guys who I didn't think who would ever play on the field, and then they're like the best guy out there. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of drive, especially, it's a lot of especially at our program too. Oh yeah, right. Uh, you got guys that you know essentially come in there; they know they got five years, um, mm -hmm. and, they, and they use those five years uh, yep. to become really good players. Whether it's having to sit behind a couple of good players uh, or great players as they're coming through, uh, but once they get their shot, that you know they make the most of it. It's all about what you put into those, you know, a couple of years when you're not the guy, you still need to be putting in that type of work. Yep. The weight room, the mental reps, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Maddie, who was your number five? See, this is hard. I, I have like, I texted you like 30 different guys. You did. You did. So I don't know how I could put them in order because I don't know how I could do it, but I thought Noah Burks played awesome. Always I, thought he was all, I thought he was all over the field, Thought he makes a ton of tackles. 
I don't know. It, 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 he, he always does. You're right. But there was mm-hmm. something about guys in bowl games who step up. And I think he just did a good job overall making plays everywhere. Yeah. He had a lot of big effort, effort plays or chase down plays too. Yeah. Um, with that, how elusive their quarterback was um, just, you know, he's, he's one of the guys that doesn't get any credit, but he's always in the right spot. Um, and you could see that actually, you know, last year, if teams try running a weird play or something at him, he is always ready for it. Um, he almost had the, you know, interception in overtime against Minnesota, just falling off and something that he wasn't necessarily supposed to do, but the football instincts are just incredible for him. Um, and then having a pick on the you know screen last year against Wake Forest. Like he's just, he's just someone that you don't want to run your special just, plays at. He's just always he's around always the football. There. Yeah. He's always there. True. Well, speaking of someone who was around the football a lot, especially in this game. And I thought that when, when the Badgers had to go into sort of uh pass coverage, Jordan Turner was awesome. He was my number four guy. I thought that he was absolutely all over the field, the whole game. And especially when it was a passing down and they thought that Daniels might scramble, they seemed to use him as a spy. And I thought he was just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. His speed's incredible. And he's like, he's just always a hundred miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that makes the transition from practice to games easier for him than some guys uh, where he's already playing on that speed. So I know he's, he's a guy that a lot of the linebackers are excited for. uh, He reminds me a lot of a guy you played with TJ Edwards. Mm-hmm. TJ wasn't nearly as like quick, but as far as that playmaker, mm-hmm. and, like just, you know, in the right spots at the right times, um, he's showing a little bit of that. Um, and we're, you know, excited to see him make some more plays. Dude, I, that guy was that guy, the football just loved to be in his hands mm-hmm. on defense. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Should have been a wide receiver for us. Um, <laughs> let's see. Who do I have for? This is impossible for me. Um, I'm going to give it to Ferguson. I think he is an unstoppable tight end on the field. And when him and um, Graham are connecting, like it's just special and you have to, you know, he's scary enough that you have to guard him and know where he is in every single aspect of every single part of the game. So I'm going to put him on our list. He's Barry's grandson. He's not 17, but uh, you know, a lot of respect for a guy who was in the, the, the limelight for his entire career. I think he stepped up. I'm, I'm excited for what the NFL has for him. I hope the jets pick him with the number two. They'll have the one and the two. So maybe they'll get him in number two. Yeah. He's been, you know, since he got in, he's been ready to play. Um, uh, he definitely doesn't get enough credit for the run game stuff. Um, he is a, a willing blocker and a very good blocker. Um, when you look at some of the other tight ends and, the big 10 you see a lot of, you know, pass catchers and all over the country, you see guys that are pass catchers and not necessarily run game, but he is a a very good blocker when it comes to the run game. And that'll serve him well uh, at extending his career at the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Sticking to the linebacker position, Leo is my number three. Again, I mean like that dude just makes plays. Speaking of playmakers, Mm -hmm. man, that guy makes plays and he's, I mean, he's a bully out there. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Yeah. He's just so physically, physically gifted, so strong. Um, and same thing that we were talking about with Herbert, he's just relentless. Um, if, if he sees the QB, smells the QB, doesn't matter 
what or who's in his way. Um, he's just going to run right through him and, and find a way to get to the ball. He's God, he's strong. Shark. God, he is strong. Mm-hmm. He's a land shark. I love it. He smells a little blood in the water. He's going, yeah. he did. I, I, he's my number three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, because say, I mean, he's, he's insane. I think I can, you guys can guess my number. No, you guys won't guess my number two, but you'll get it at the end. My number mean, my, two is go for it. You tell me it's Braylon, Braylon out. It's Braylon yeah. for me too. Yeah. It's yeah, number for me two. Too. I mean, who's, but no, I mean, number one, I hope you guys know who number one is. It's going to be John Chanel for you. You got, you better yeah. believe it. That dude had two catches. He had a touchdown run of eight yards. I mean, like that's unheard of. Oh, and he was phenomenal blocking all game. Phen- honestly, phenomenal. But I think I saw him miss one block out of at least 10, you know, that Garrett, that's all I watch is, is the fullback. Yeah, when the guy's in. So, I mean, like, you know, he got in people's way. He was, I thought he was delivering some hits, getting in people's way, which is just as good as delivering a hit. And, you know, for a guy who you're talking about, um, Ferguson, who in the run game gets no love, I think we really give John no love a lot of times, and I think he deserves it. So I'm excited for him to be my my number one. I mean, if I was watching the game at 11 o'clock at night on the East Coast time, I might have chugged a beer. I I woke up, by the way, with Garrett. I don't know if you know, it's very corny, but um, every time a fullback scores, I shotgun a beer. It's been like my, my life's, my life's mission. That's why they don't ask me to come on the field and coach probably. Yeah. yeah Cause you'd be shotgunning a beer on the sideline and also making sure like your rotations, you would have like three fullbacks in the backfield at all times. Uh, yeah. I mean, look at the Christmas tree. I haven't seen that all year and it, it worked. Um, yeah. I, so I was, and the guys were exciting. I, I thought the game, you know, to me, I was very happy. Mm-hmm. We wanted, it was a wacky season with high expectations what are we nine and four? We end the season nine and four. I mean, that's really good. We had a, a run there that was yep. not great. You know, whatever. We we came out on top, and I think you know we were one step away from potentially going to the Big Ten championship, which which to me is is a success with you know with with coming into the season not knowing a lot of what to expect and so many injuries and being so thin by the end of the season at both tight end and running back. I mean. That, that's which are two obviously like super key positions for the Badgers. Uh, my number one, Nick, Nick Herbig. Uh, he was just, I mean, he's the man we, we've talked about him ad nauseum, so we don't need to go into that anymore. But I just, again, this year, man, I absolutely like, uh, he's like my favorite Badger defender in a while. I just, I absolutely love watching him play. It, it just, I, I, for me, he's just like, like you said, Garrett, like he has a motor that just doesn't stop. And that is what I just, I love watching mm-hmm. too. And like, if you, if you know Herbie at all too, just like his personality, uh, it's just, you know, uh, it's just, you know, a guy that you want to be around, um, where he's, he's always, he's always smiling, having fun, um, always in a good mood until the game starts or until it's game day. Um, and then, a lot like Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot and like that yeah he just he just flips the switch um and whether it's game day or all of a sudden it's practice uh you see the intensity in his eyes uh and the way that he works um so professional when it comes to that uh and just that that's what's gonna you know keeps him from separating from everybody else uh and keep him on that track is he's just gonna always put in the work he's always gonna outwork somebody um, and he's such a great teammate too, um, which always is a factor in whether or not how 
successful somebody will be or how great they will be. But Garrett, how, it, you know, you, you brought up, um, now I'm blanking, but you, you know, it's so nice. You, you, to me, that's Sitchy. That's mm-hmm. Jack. And he's on the sidelines now. Like yeah. he just happy go lucky. And then when the game turned up, I mean, he turned right up and he was a playmaker competitor. He was a competitor. Is it, mm-hmm. is it, it kind of cool to be on the sidelines with guys that, you know, you know, they've been in the locker room, you know, you spent some time with, it just seems like so exciting that that's becoming the culture for the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Just, and that's kind of what Wisconsin is, is, you know, when you're back around and if you've played for coach Chris, he's always welcoming to have guys in the building and the meetings uh, at practice uh, and guys are more than willing to help the guys that are there uh, and instill any wisdom or knowledge that they have that might be useful for them. Just try to relate their story to theirs or maybe what the current players are going through and just find a way to, you know, keep taking that next step to eventually, you know, win a national championship. Awesome. It's on the horizon. It's right around the corner. It is. It absolutely (laughs) is. So, um, well, you know, just before we go, uh, just before we started recording, actually, uh, news broke that uh, Coach Rudolph is going to be uh, heading to Virginia Tech. Uh, just what? What are your? What was your relationship like with Coach Rudolph? And you know, uh, you know, how do you feel about that move, both for him and the program? Uh, it'll be you know obviously someone that I know the offensive line is going to miss a lot. Not just the offensive line, the entire offense, just because he's been a cor- cornerstone of that offense since since I had gotten there. Uh, I had spent a lot of one-on-one time uh, watching film with Coach Rudolph last year and over my career. Uh, he's, he's a better person than he is a coach. And you can look at the players that have came through the program and see how great of a coach he is um, and has been at Wisconsin and know that you're going to kind of get the same thing out of him um, every single day. He's always going to be pushing you to become the best version of you uh, and keep you accountable. Um, but also cares about you as a person on and off the field. And just so excited for him to, you know, go to Virginia Tech and kind of, you know, keep carving his path and and leaving his legacy. I know he's going to impact a lot of people's lives at Virginia Tech. So we'll be watching. Um, Excited to see how he does there. Yeah, I'm excited for him too. I think that, you know, everything I've – from everyone I've talked to, say that he is just a, a genuinely good person. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, you know, everything, uh, w- with everything that you do, like that's what matters the most at the end of the day, right. Is that, you know, you show love and care about, you know, the people that you're closest to and everyone that I've talked to says that he's just a, a, a genuinely great person. And I know that he will be missed by, you know, everyone in and around the program. I know him and coach Chris are very close as well, as well as coach Herring. And so I think that's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting, but I also think for the program, it brings in a lot of opportunities uh, for, you know, some, you know, some new ideas, some new blood and some new, you know, and, and maybe some, hopefully some new wrinkles to the offense as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, everybody gets excited when something new comes around to you know, every kid getting a new toy for Christmas is excited. <laughs> um but, you know, just got to make the, you know, the right, de- right decisions to keep moving in, you know, in the right step and trying to get closer and closer to a national championship. 
And that is the goal, right? Absolutely. I want to see Wisconsin in the playoffs. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, and, and I, Rudy was, a, is a great guy. I'm, I'm excited for him and his path, wherever it leads. I'm excited to know what, what happens at, you know, Wisconsin. It's, I'm not saying it's, there's some weird things going online about what people's ex, uh, their, their opinions are about why the move. We do not have to dive into that. I'm excited for what it could mean for the Badgers. I loved Rudy. I thought he did a phenomenal job with the O-line. And I never want to see anyone leave. But I'm happy that he wants to go to Virginia Tech and be their line, O-line coach and try to take them from a sub I mean, Virginia Tech 20 years ago was awesome. They were yeah. top 10 all the time. Yeah. They've, they've not been yeah. that, you know, like they've not been there for a long time. So it's exciting, you know, to, to start over and do something, to build something at a different university. I'm all for it. I'm just hopeful that I think the wrinkles in the offense could be huge. And I think that gets us to be in the playoffs and then potentially win a championship. Yeah. Whatever those wrinkles, it's not the wing T that's for sure. (laughs) Maybe it's some more fullbacks or something. You know, as much as I I wish it would be, it's definitely not that. No. Um, You know, I, I just, I just want one downfield threat. Yeah. A uh, a guy to watch out for is Chimray DK. I mean, oh, we love him off off the ball or when the ball's not coming his way, he's as as good as anybody in the run game as well. Uh, just an absolutely selfless teammate. Um, hoping that he becomes the leader uh, offensively too. Uh, kind of in the same position where he, he feels like he's a young guy, but he's ready for it. Um, and they're gonna have to rely on him a lot next year. With uh, you know KP and Danny being gone, it's it's his turn now, um, and he's going to make the most of it. He's came in since day one and got after it, been a professional, um, and you can tell he loves the game of football and loves his teammates. Yeah, I I'm think the combination of, uh, of him, Skyler, and Marcus is going to be really strong there at receiver. Yeah, so. no Jack Dunn though. Uh, no, no Jack Dunn. Jack no more Jack Dunn. He's exhausted his eligibility. That's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys see the Twitter video of him, uh, the Arizona State defensive back? Yes, Kept it was amazing. It, it was yeah. amazing. That's Jack Dunn in a nutshell. Jack Dunn in a nutshell. I did not see it. I'll send it to oh, you. Man. I'll send yeah, it to you. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, that's where we're going to have to wrap it up today. Garrett, we cannot thank you enough for your time and your insights. And I think we're going to have you back on again in the offseason just because we still have a trillion more questions we want to ask you, not even necessarily about the bowl game that we didn't get to last time. I mean, we could do this for hours, but um, uh, like I said, we really, really appreciate it. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks, Gary. On Wisconsin. You're appreciate the man. you guys. Always yeah. fun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.